Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with sinners in the hand of an angry God as we pick up in Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 35. Unto me belong now, with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. And recompense. Their foot shall slide in due time. For the day of their calamity is at hand, and the things that shall come upon them make haste. Jonathan Edwards, in the sermon, Sinner in the Hands of an Angry God, said that a sinner is like a man walking over a fiery pit on an icy plank. Your footing is so unsure, at any moment you can slip on into the abyss. It was a very powerful sermon, one of the most classic sermons in the history of the church, I guess. Jonathan Edwards was nearsighted. He had written out the sermon, and he read it, holding it up close so that he could see it. And as he was reading this sermon to the congregation, the power of the Holy Spirit began to convict people so greatly that they began to crawl down the aisles screaming out to God for mercy. You want to read something that really chill you sometimes? Read Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God by Jonathan Edwards. Oh, what a sermon. It's really heavy duty. This is the text for that sermon. And the Lord will judge his people and repent himself for his servants when he sees their power is gone. There's none left. And he shall say, where are your gods, the rock in whom you were trusting? which did eat the fat of your sacrifices and drank the wine of your drink offerings. Let them rise up and help you and be your protection. See now that I am he and there is no God with me or beside me. I kill and I make alive. I wound and I heal. And neither is there any that can deliver out of my hand. Some people say, does God make people sick? Well, he said here he does for purposes different purposes within our lives. God declares that he wounds, that he even kills, that he heals, that he makes alive. There are certain teachers today who would deny this, but there it is. For I lift my hand to heaven and I say, I live forever, and if I wet my glittering sword and mine hand take hold on judgment, I will render vengeance to my enemies and reward them that hate me. For I will make my arrows drunk with their blood, and so forth. And God goes on to tell of the calamities that will come, a song that they are to sing, so that when their calamities did come, they would remember this is the reason. So set your hearts to all of these words, which I testify to you to this day, verse 46, which ye shall command your children to observe the words of this law, for it is not a vain thing for you because it is your life. Man, set your heart to it. Look, it's not an empty thing. It's your life. This is a matter of life and death. It isn't just something to pass off lightly. God is saying, it's your life. Not a vain thing. Now the Lord said to Moses, get up into Mount Nebo 
in the land of Moab, which is over against Jericho, and take a look at the land of Canaan, which I give to the children of Israel for possession, and die in the mount where you go up. And, and you'll be gathered unto thy people, even as Aaron your brother died in Mount Hor and was gathered unto his people, because you trespassed against me at the waters of Meribah, and because you did not sanctify me in the midst of the children of Israel. So Moses, time has come. Get up in the mountain and die because you failed to properly represent me before the people at the waters of Meribah. Oh, what a heavy responsibility Moses had of being God's representative. His failure at the waters of Meribah cost him the privilege of leading them into the promised land. What a heavy responsibility each of us have, for we are God's representative to that world out there. You're his witnesses. You're God's representatives. And God wants you to properly represent him. That's an awesome responsibility. God help us. Chapter 33. Now this is the blessing wherewith Moses, the man of God, blessed the children of Israel just before he died. He said, The Lord came from Sinai, rose up from Seir, and he shined forth from Mount Paran, and he came with 10,000 of his saints, Yea, he loved the people, all of his saints are in thy hand, and they sat down at thy feet, and everyone shall receive thy words. Moses commanded us a law, even the inheritance of the congregation of Jacob. The king of Jezreel, or Israel, with the heads of the people and the tribes of Israel were gathered together. Let Reuben live and not die, and let his men be few. The word not, you notice, is in italics, means it was added. It was really, let his men be few. Now, uh, Reuben actually was one of the smaller tribes as they took the land. And it became really sort of scattered among the other tribes. And the men of Reuben did become very few. This is the blessing of Judah. Hear, Jehovah, the voice of Judah, bring him into his people, let his hands be sufficient for him, and be thou a help to him from his enemies. The prophecy for Levi, let the Thummim and the Urim be with the Holy One, whom thou didst prove at Massa, with whom thou didst strive at the waters of Meribah, who said to his father and to his mother, I have not seen him, neither did he acknowledge his brothers, nor knew his own children, for they observed thy word and kept thy covenant. In other words, the priests of Levi were observed. Aaron was told, don't mourn for your sons when they die. Don't touch their bodies and so forth. And, and so he kept the word of the Lord, didn't regard his own family, but his service to God more important. Bless, Lord, his substance and accept the work of his hands. Concerning Benjamin, he said, the beloved of the Lord shall dwell in safety by him and the Lord shall cover him all the day long and he shall dwell between his shoulders. If you'll take a look at the map of Benjamin, you'll find that uh, it sort of looks like shoulders, and right between the shoulders is the city of Jerusalem. If you'll look at Benjamin on a map of the Bible uh, area of Benjamin, and so the Lord shall dwell between his shoulders. Here is the first hint that Jerusalem would be the place where the temple would be built, where they would come to worship the Lord. There in the shoulders of Benjamin, which was Jerusalem. 
Of Joseph, he said, blessed be Joseph of the Lord, or his land, for the precious things of heaven, for the dew, for the deep that coucheth beneath, for the precious fruits, and so forth. You remember Jacob said Joseph is as a fruitful bough, bough whose branches hang over the wall. And so the fruitfulness of Ephraim and Manasseh, the sons of Joseph. And of Zebulun, verse 18, he said, Rejoice, Zebulun, in thy going out, and Issachar in thy tents. They shall call the people unto the mountain. There they shall offer sacrifices of righteousness, for they shall suck of the abundance of the seas and of the treasures hid in the sand. Now, Zebulun occupied the area that is the plains of Megiddo and the Mount of Carmel and out towards Haifa. Now, Asher actually occupied the, the port city of Haifa and north along the coast. But because of this prophecy, and also we'll get one about Asher here, who is, will dip his uh, toes in the oil, there are some Christian businessmen and men who are oil engineers and geologists and all have gone over and studied the area around Mount Carmel because of these scriptures, and they are convinced that there are vast oil reserves there under Mount Carmel, and they are hoping uh, to discover vast reservoirs of oil. They believe from their geological surveys, their seismology ge test and so forth, that there are vast reserves of oil, if there indeed be, that makes this prophecy very easy, interesting concerning Zebulun, that he will actually suck out the treasures from the sand. And they believe that there are oil-bearing sands under this area that was once inhabited by Zebulun. But this prophecy concerning Zebulun is one of the things that sparked them to start their uh, geological surveys and testing over there. It is interesting that the vast oil resources of Saudi Arabia and the Middle East were discovered by Rockefeller after he read the Bible and reading of Babylon, how that they used tar for their mortar he figured if there was that much tar in the area, there must be oil deposits there. And he is the one that went over on the basis of reading the scripture and started the vast oil exploration of the Middle East. And of course, that's where they became so extremely wealthy is because he was reading the Bible and, and believed what the Bible said. And they started their drilling there in Iraq. And then, of course, they began to discover more and more the vast oil oil reserves of that area. But Rockefeller was prompted by the scripture talking about the using tar for their mortar in Babylon to go over there and to start drilling for oil. Now, if that indeed be the case, it'd be interesting to drill down in the area of uh, the Dead Sea because they did use pitch down there also, or tar. Now of Gad, he said, Blessed be he that enlarges Gad, that dwells as a lion and tears the arm of the crown of his head. He provides the first part for himself and the portion for the lawgiver and so forth. And of Dan, he said, Dan is a lion's well. He shall leap 
from Basham of Naphtali, said, O Naphtali, satisfies the favor full of blessing of the Lord. And of Asher, he said, let Asher be blessed with children, let him be acceptable to his brethren, and let him dip his foot in oil. Thy shoes shall be iron and brass, and thy days, and as thy days, so shall thy strength be. Now, Asher, if you look at Asher on a map, Bible map, you'll see that Asher looks like a leg from the knee down with a foot. And the toe of the foot of Asher was at Haifa. He shall dip his foot in oil. Actually, the first major oil pipeline to bring oil out of the Middle East was built from Iraq to the port city of Haifa. Once the pipeline was completed, it, they started shipping out a million gallons of oil a day through Haifa. Asher had his foot in the oil, just like Moses said he would 4,000 years ago. So it's a very interesting prophecy of the Bible concerning Asher, his foot in the oil, and that's exactly what did happen. Now this particular scripture, verse 25, the latter part, how I love this. And as thy days, so shall thy strength be. Take that as a promise of God for you. As your day, so shall your strength be. God's grace is sufficient for you. And whatever you are facing for that particular day, God will give you strength for that day. As your day is, so shall your strength be. I love it. The eternal God is thy refuge, verse 27, and underneath are the everlasting arms. And he shall thrust out the enemy from before thee and shall say, destroy them. Israel then shall dwell in safety alone and the fountain of Jacob shall be upon the land of corn and wine. Also the heavens shall drop down their dew. Happy art thou, O Israel, who is like unto thee, O people, saved by the Lord, the shield of thy help and who is the sword of thy excellency and thine enemies shall be found liars unto thee and thou shalt tread upon their high places. The eternal God is thy refuge and underneath are the everlasting arms. When I consider the heavens, the work of thy fingers. We were up at um, Eureka. Beautiful, beautiful, clear night up there, cold and clear. But looking up, we could see so many stars. And after the service, we were standing outside with some of the fellows and we were looking up and they were pointing at some stars and I said, well, that's the constellation Orion. I said, now you see those three stars that are in a row there? I said, the bottom star of those three stars is 415 million miles in diameter. If you would hollow out that star, leaving a crust a hundred million miles thick, you could put the sun in the center of that star and let the earth rotate around it and have room to spare. I said, now the amazing thing is that star is traveling at a speed estimated 
to be somewhere around 1,200 miles a second. Now that's an awfully large mass to be traveling that fast. How much thrust do you suppose it took to get Betelgeuse into orbit? The psalmist said, When I consider the heaven, the work of thy fingers, the work of thy hands, the sun, the stars, or the moon and the stars, which thou hast ordained. What is man that thou art mindful of him? The thrust that it took to get Betelgeuse into its orbit, that huge, huge mass, was just this. When I consider the heavens, the work of your hands. Now, if God with his hands stretched out the heavens like a curtain, to me, the eternal God is thy refuge, and underneath are not the everlasting hands, but the everlasting arms. Believe me, if with his hands he could stretch forth the heavens, his arms can hold you <laughs> through any adversity or problem that you might be facing. Underneath are the everlasting arms. So often I wonder, God, are you able to hold me through this one? You sure, God, you can hold me up? I'm awfully happy at times, Lord. Underneath are the everlasting arms. How beautiful. Chapter 34, and Moses went from the plains of Moab to the mountain of Nebo, the top of Pisgah, which is across from Jericho. And the Lord showed him all the land of Gilead clear unto Dan. From Mount Pisgah there, he could see clear on up to the area of Mount Hermon. Uh, Dan is right down near the base of Mount Hermon. So looking clear up to Dan, and on a clear day, you can get a beautiful view. And all Naphtali, the land of Ephraim, Manasseh, all the land of Judah, to the utmost of the sea, clear on across the land, and the south, the plain of the valley of Jericho, the city of palm trees, even to Zor, which is the bottom part of the Dead Sea area. And the Lord said unto him, This is the land which I swear to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, saying, I'll give it unto your seed, and I've caused thee to see it with your eyes, but you shall not go over. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab, according to the word of the Lord, and he, that is, God buried him in a valley in the land of Moab over against Beth Peor, and no man knows of his sepulcher unto this day. Moses was 120 years old when he died, and his eyes were not dim, nor his natural forces abated. So a 120-year-old man, he died, God buried him. Now, we are told in the book of Jude that Satan and Michael had a dispute over the body of Moses. God buried him, but not before there was a dispute over his body. They never did find where God buried him. His sepulcher remains a mystery. But he went up into Pisgah, and there in one of the valleys he died. God buried him after Michael and Satan had a big row over the thing, according to Jude. Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands upon him. And the children of Israel hearkened unto him and did as the Lord commanded Moses. But there arose not a prophet since in Israel that was likened to Moses, 
whom the Lord knew face to face. And all of the signs and wonders which the Lord sent him to do in the land of Egypt to Pharaoh and to all of his servants and to all of his land and in all that mighty hand and in all the great terror which Moses showed in the sight of all of Israel. Now this last part was probably written by Joshua. Surely Moses didn't write the account of his own death. But Joshua no doubt took up and finished the book as he uh, spoke of, of the prophet Moses in all of the history of Israel, never an equal to this man. Until, of course, Jesus, who was more than a prophet, the Son of God. return with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Joshua on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Deuteronomy 32 through 34 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's thewordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is the Word for Today. P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. Father, we thank you now for the opportunity of studying your word again, and may your Holy Spirit hide now thy truth within our hearts that we would not sin against you. Lord, help us to learn that you have set before us life and death, blessing and curse, and it is ours to choose. And oh, may we choose that life that you have given to us in Jesus Christ, confessing him now as Lord, Believing, Lord, that you rose him from the dead, we thank you that we have that life and that salvation tonight. Thank you, Lord, for your everlasting arms. Thank you, Lord, for the stirring of the nest when you're trying to teach us to grow. May we learn those lessons and may we grow into that full maturity in Christ Jesus our Lord. In his name we pray. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. I am Goliath. (laughs) What's going on? There's a big, scary giant and we're afraid. Don't be afraid. We have God on our side. My name is David, and I know all about big, scary giants. 
I've defeated lions and bears, and God will help me defeat Goliath, too. It's true, and Pastor Chuck wants to tell you all about the story of David and Goliath in his new book, Just for Kids. So come along on a great adventure and discover how God used David to defeat a big, scary giant, and learn why David believed that God was big enough even to conquer Goliath. And as a gift, each book contains an audio CD of Pastor Chuck actually reading the story of David and Goliath so your kids can read along. To order your copy, call the word for today at 800-272-WORD, or to see a sneak preview of the story of David and Goliath, visit us online at thewordfortoday.org.